Hi there, I'm Yawande, founder of Zora Digital. Welcome to this episode of Zora Talks, where we speak to founders and companies of modern lifestyle brands. I'm happy to be here on this episode 20, where we speak to Maya Camille Bruchard, the founder of Justice of the Pie, an L3C social enterprise for profit pie company that stands for fairness and equality. So thank you so much, Maya Camille, for joining us today. I have been following your story ever since I met you. I believe it was at the Good Food Accelerator event. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that was quite a while ago, back in 2016. Wow, it's amazing that that time flies so quickly. Uh, Yeah, I've been in Chicago now seven years. I can't believe it was all the way back in 2015. Uh, We also met because we're both connected to Axiom Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I met you at a networking event a while back there as well. Oh yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a pretty fun night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that yeah, that was the second connection. I also had your pies at the Metropolitan Club, and I saw that you were on the Today Show. So I am so excited that you took time out of your busy schedule to join us today. Oh well, thank you for having me. So I'm just gonna jump right in. Um, I read your story the story behind Justice of the Pie, and I would love for you to tell our listeners where the idea came from and how your late father impacted the formation of your company. So I created the company Justice of the Pies in 2014 in memory of my late father. My dad passed away in 2009, and at his funeral, my cousin, who was his niece, actually came to me at the repast of the funeral with the idea that we should start baking pies and start a foundation where we teach kids how to bake pies because my dad was so obsessed with pies. He called himself the pie master. He really loved to make quiches and pies on the weekends. I was in the middle of opening up a gallery and I didn't have time to even think about something like that, but um, I just brushed that idea off. But in 2011, I closed the gallery and I took a couple of years to kind of wrap up the legal elements of that closing. And then I um, revisited the idea of starting a bakery. But I wanted to create a company that was social mission based. And so Justice of the Pies is an L3C. And we seek to be stewards for fairness and equality. And that was um, inspired by the fact that my dad was a criminal defense attorney. You know, as an attorney, you can specialize in many different areas that are more lucrative salary wise. But he decided to go into a field where he felt that he could make the most impact and uh, represent clients that uh, came from backgrounds that he was very familiar with because he grew up in the projects on the west side of Chicago. So he knew and really felt deeply that everyone deserves a second chance and everyone deserves a right to fair representation in court. Wow. I know he would be smiling down. It's such a great tribute to him and uh, such an awesome way to bring some light into the world, uh, both through the pies and through your mission. I had heard of LLC, but I hadn't heard L3C. Mm-hmm. You were saying that it's a, a mission-driven profit company. Is that the difference? Um, at L3C is when you have a company that's a social enterprise. So it's a for-profit company with a social mission attached to it. So um, not that many states have it. Uh, it's relatively a newer formation. Like More and more people are becoming aware about it. 
I guess you could say it's similar to like a B Corp. Huh, yeah. So that's, I'm glad you explained that. I'm sure there's social mission driven companies out there that uh, didn't know about that. So I'm glad you shared that. Also, in terms of the word justice, like you said, it, there's it's tied to your father's background in, in criminal justice. Uh, but the word justice in your pie definitely has some significance. Can you tell us how your company is making an impact? Sure. So we have several different initiatives that we activate. One of the um, one of the more consistent initiatives is our I Need Love workshop, like Needing Dough. And in this workshop, we teach kids who reside in lower income communities that are in the fifth through eighth grades basic kitchen skills. We also teach them about nutritional development and um, exercising creativity in the kitchen. And this workshop was developed in order to do our part to beat uh, to fight food insecurities. Yeah, and it's and it's also you're providing inspiration because I'm sure you heard the saying, can't be it till you see it. And a lot of times people talk about that when they're talking about STEM um, careers and things like that. But there still needs to be inspiration outside of those, you know, more technical careers. And so I, I like the idea that you're bringing the kids into the kitchen when they're young and they're looking for what do they want to do next? And maybe you aspire the next Martha Stewart. And so I, I love that. Or the next Maya Camille. So I, I love that. Yeah. And the kids really get into it. And it's really amazing to see them come out of their shell in the kitchen when you give them just a few tasks and a few instructions and they run with it. So um, it's really beautiful to see. But cooking um, is a life skill. And so it's very important that children are learning to be self-sufficient when it comes to meeting that basic need of how to cook for themselves. So even if they don't have access to food, at least I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to do is give them access to the education. You know, I'm doing my part in fighting food insecurity. So that's the very important underlining word, I'm doing my part. Um, I can't do all for world hunger, <laughs> although I would love to, and I can't do every single thing to fight food apartheid, but at least what I have experience in is the ability to teach. And um, I've been a teacher for many years doing art, arts outreach programming. So I felt like this is the area that I could make the most impact. So do you get a lot of boys that attend the class as well as girls? Um, yeah, I have boys that attend the class as well um, as girls. So both parties, you know, express an interest in cooking because they love to eat. <laughs> now talking about love to eat, I, I hear that. Um, I definitely want to discuss the pies. Um, food episodes are some of my favorite um, episodes. And reading the name of the pies, the quiches, and the tarts you have on your website, it definitely had my mouth watering. Um, I heard things like blue cheese parlene, parlene pear, mm -hmm. um, our red um, blueberry banana pudding. That sounds mm -hmm. very good. Blueberry cheat, uh, chest. Uh, so yeah, in my next pie party, I'm going to have to go, go to the website and write down the ones I want. But how do you develop the various pies you offer? And what is your top seller? Um, top seller, I would say, is salted caramel peach pie, bourbon pecan pie, um, spinach feta and bacon quiche, uh, sparkly and cheddar quiche. People tend to like, you know, classic quiche flavors at, or quiche varieties as well. Um, 
but I am inspired by my travels. I'm inspired by cocktails that I drink. I'm inspired by other foods that I eat, but mainly foods that I eat when I do travel. But, um, you know, I'm inspired by culture, pop culture, to create um, new varieties of pies and quiches. I'm inspired by stories and about, you know, by people. So any and everything that's around me can spark an idea. I don't have control over new ideas. I just try to open up my, my mind and my spirit for new ideas to come in. Yeah, it almost sounds like you're able to take your art background and bring it into this company. Yeah, so I think that my art and creative background has allowed me to create a clear brand identity and a clear um, style of storytelling within my brand. Mm -hmm. Do you have any seasonality to your business? Because I, I know probably during Thanksgiving you sell out. Are, are there any other peak periods of your business? Um, business tends to slow down in January and February, and then they start to rev back up in March. And of course, over the summer, people are out and about. So um, when we're participating in farmers markets and art fairs, people are uh, more willing and have access to grab our pies. But in the restaurant industry, January is always a slow month because people have spent their money during the holiday season. So they may be on a um, fiscal diet and a actual food diet. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, there's not, I mean, of course people buy pies for holidays, but they also don't just buy pies for winter holidays. It could be for Easter. It could be for mother's day. So, you know, pies are very classic and nostalgic and people want it year round. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you mentioned farmers markets, where can we find you? Where can, and other than the website? So currently, uh, because of COVID, we were not doing the farmer's markets. We do have a farmer's market that is returning. So we'll see you know, how that pans out. But that would be the Daily Plaza Farmer's Market, which is um, located across the street from the City Hall in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. I go to, and what, what days are those on usually? Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. I go to one in my neighborhood, but yeah, I have to go over there. Uh, switching gears a little bit. Um, you've gotten tons of press. I mentioned earlier about the Today Show. Uh, I saw that you also have gotten press in the Food and Wine magazine, the Chicago Magazine, the Chicago Tribune, and even the Today Show. Has the press coverage come organically? And how have you driven so much awareness about your company? Um, so I do have a publicist, but the publicist helps me to manage the requests that do come in. So some of the press is organic. We don't have to do a lot of outreach. But what I think um, people are drawn to is the work that we do. So, um, you know, I would say that it is pretty organic, but also this is not some sort of overnight thing. Nothing is ever overnight. The business has been around for six years. So our most recent press has been five or six years in the making. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when one person covers us, someone may see it and then they would like to, um, talk to us as well and to learn more about the company or to learn about what we're currently doing. Mm -hmm. and, and how has your business evolved over the years? Um, it's evolved significantly. Um, ever since we've been in business each year, we've doubled our revenues. Um, I was starting out in a shared kitchen and then I moved to my own private kitchen. And currently I am working on trying to 
um, open up my first brick and mortar. So that may take some time, but at least we're now at that next step where we can approach that project with uh, a sense of seriousness. Mm-hmm. How has being a minority woman impacted your business? Um, so I would say that being a black woman, uh, a black woman living with a disability has brought some challenges to the business, but I also find that while I do have challenges, I also have a very vast group of people who are supporting me. Um, and the challenges that I may face is typical for any black business owners, such as not being able to get financing as quickly as you know their white counterparts, not being able to have access to um, the same type of contracts, large contracts as some of my other white counterparts. Um, but this is something that many black business owners uh, experience lack of access to funding, lack of access to resources, lack of accesses to people who are decision makers at, you know, top at the top of companies. Yeah, it's always harder. But it's, I see you've made some great connections. Um, and you're accelerating the business by taking it um, offline and more so to brick and mortar. So I'm sure that we're going to see uh, your business even be more even more successful. I, I know one of your competitors, another pie company, during Thanksgiving, they have a brick and mortar and people are in line like at five o'clock in the morning to get pies if they haven't already ordered them. And then they sell out by like, you know, nine o'clock. So um, I definitely see how that brick and mortar would um, accelerate your business. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, and not just a brick and mortar, meaning like being open to the public, but having a larger kitchen would help with our business as well. Currently, my kitchen is 255 square feet. So there's only so much I can do in that space. Mm-hmm. Do you have an idea where it's going to be located? I don't talk about my plans while they're still in um, in development. So that makes sense. Yeah. Always ask me, what do you see yourself in two years, in five years? And while I do have an idea, I don't share. That is so smart. <laughs> yeah. People not I think it's just to kind of keep your cars close to your vest while you work, you know, just put your head down and work. There's no need to make announcements until you're almost at the finish line. Mm-hmm. That's very smart. Uh, yeah. Cause people will take your idea, but that's not probably the only reason, but yeah, that's, that's oh, so smart. People taking the ideas because, yeah. you know, um, I am a very creative individual and people have, and, real and could copy, you know, concepts and that's fine. But, you know, each person is one of one. Each person has a unique thumbprint. Nobody is alike. So people can do what they will and what they want with a concept, but each person has a special spin that they could put on it that makes it their own. So I just don't talk about projects because there's no need to talk about it until it's nearly done in the same way. I don't feel like there's a need to celebrate anything until it's near completion, you know, just do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a very creative business and it's, I'm sure it's very, it's a, enriching because of the impact you're making on the community. Putting your head down is a, I'm sure a pleasure um, for you to work in your business and get things done. Yeah. I mean, I, I find that the likelihood of actually following through with the plans uh, is rings more true when you don't share those plans. Mm, mm-hmm. 
Um, I do want to move on to online. So we talked about how you're going to be taking your business offline. What tools, what type of tools do you use online that you've been able to use during this time and then also pre-COVID so that your customers can interact with your brand? So the only thing that I pretty much do online is I ship pies online. And so that's, you know, through my website. And then I will use uh, video conferencing to teach virtual culinary workshops. So I provide virtual culinary workshops for uh, companies and companies want to have activities for their staff to do for a brain break for team building exercises. So uh, they find that this is something that is uh, fun and relatable, especially because you can do it from home in your kitchen and they could congregate virtually and enjoy the activity together collectively. Um, I also host my own classes. I've been doing classes about once a month. And usually it is, um, it is uh, centered around a holiday. So in the month of March, we're doing a class for Pi Day, which is March 14th. Um, you know, I'll do a class for Mother's Day, a class for Father's Day. So that's one of the ways that I've been able to use, you know, the internet and virtual experience to, or as a tool for mm-hmm. offering a diff- something different other than just the product of selling a pie. From what I understand, you also use Instagram because I've seen you on on Instagram stories. So how often do you actually use social media? I don't use it as often um, just because I am really busy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We post and we have a healthy following. We have a um, dedicated following. So we have people that do interact with our social media posts, but we post maybe about once or twice a week. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's high quality content. So I'm sure mm-hmm. it's, it's a little evergreen as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, congratulations on that. Um, and it sounds like you don't do a lot in terms of like paid media, paid search or paid social. Um, I do do some brand partnerships, but we are very uh, intentional about who we partner with. Mm-hmm. And how do you decide? Um, we look at the integrity of the brand and decide if we want to align ourselves with that brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, I, I've had your pie at the Chicago Metropolitan Club. How did that come about? Um, so we have several wholesale accounts and they'll reach out to us and say that they want to carry our pies. So that's, mm-hmm. the, um, that's one of our retail partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, wow. When I saw, I was like, she's blowing up. <laughs> she's at the Metropolitan Club. So yeah, it was a, it was a very great um, slice of pie. Um, and so, um, what other what other what other community organizations do you partner with? I did read that you are partnered with Dream On Education and Cabrini Green Legal Aid. Can mm-hmm. you tell us more about these partnerships? So Dream On Education is one of the first organizations that we partnered with when we did the I Need Love workshop. Uh, Cabrini Green Legal Aid, we used to do a pie drive with them every year to raise money for the organization. And Cabrini Green Legal Aid provides um, complimentary legal services for families living in homelessness or families living in poverty, families that need legal services. Um, We've also partnered with Humble Design, and they would... um, provide furnishings for families that are moving out of shelter and into a more permanent home living situation, such as an apartment. So they would go in and furnish those apartments. 
So um, we've also worked with Alternatives Youth, um, the Jewish Children Family Services, and with Frontline Foods and providing meals for the frontline workers. We've mm. also delivered meals to um, the Primo's Women and Children's Center. So there's a lot that we do. And um, we don't necessarily say that, oh, this is the only organization we work with, or this is the only thing that we do. The idea is that, you know, we want to be able to make a positive impact where we see that we can fit that need, you know, where we can see that we can be of use for an organization or for a cause. And so do you share what percentage of your profit you give to the community? We don't give a percentage of our profit to the community. We partner, you know, when we do a program, we um, will either raise money to activate that program or that workshop, or we'll partner with other organizations to uh, activate a workshop. Um, so when we do workshops, we have private donations from some uh, individuals who actually donated in order for us to buy ingredients, in order for us to pay for the space. But then we'll also work with brands such as OSO to and um, Great Jones to provide the kids with supplies. So there is no, this is not a nonprofit. Nobody's getting a salary uh, to, to activate any of our social mission-based initiatives. This is just something that we do when we're able to do it. If we get a grant, then we're using that grant towards one of our initiatives whether it's providing a class or providing meals for children or for you know a community such as the Primo's Women and Children's Shelter. Mm -hmm. And so um, with your company having such a great mission, um, I want to end the podcast a little differently than I have in the past, mm -hmm. um, especially since you said you don't share what's next for you. Um, I want to ask you, how can we help you to achieve your mission? Well, um, each partnership looks different. So if someone has an idea of how they would like to partner with us or you know, want you to know how they can contribute to the work that we're doing, I would say reach out to us by visiting our website at justiceofthepies.com and fill out our um, contact page form. All right, well, I'm sure after this inspirational talk with you, people are gonna do just that. So thanks again for joining us. No, thank you for having me. What an inspiring conversation with Maya Camille, who has proven herself to be a positive force in Chicago. If you're interested in partnering with Justice of the Pie, be sure to reach out to them on their website at justiceofthepie.com. And for the next family gathering, choose Justice of the Pie and spend your dollars on a cause that addresses food inequality and ensures justice for all. Thanks again, Maya, for joining us. And thank you listeners for joining us in our goal of bringing in a community of visionaries dedicated to making the world healthier. Be sure to follow us on social media at Zora Digital. Talk up, talking up is what Zora Talks is all about. See you next month for episode 21. Zora Digital is a digital marketing company based in Chicago. We help modern lifestyle brands with a spirit of innovation navigate the digital landscape and create significant ROI.